God is good always, isn't he? He's always good. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. As I've said in the last weeks, actually had come up many times and maybe the last couple of months, but whenever it seems like his goodness has left us somehow or we are in a tough place, we don't understand, it's only here. His goodness has not left us. It's only in our mind. We just don't understand, but God is good and he is still good today. I need you to know that. Jesus needs you to know that, that he is good today. His grace and his mercy has not left. He loves you. Did you know that Jesus loves you today? If you can get one message, in fact, (laughs) I hope that's the message you get. I hope that's the message you leave today, that Jesus loves you, loves you so much that not only did he die for you, not only did he die for you, the greatest price that could be paid for love, Jesus said, is death, laying down your life for another. And he did that for us. But not only does he love us that way, that he died for us, but he didn't just die because he loved us. Then he came back to life and he will live side by side with you. It's an amazing hope. In fact, I was talking with uh, some people this morning. There's a lot of loss in this church in one week. And one way or another, whether it's a friend or family, you have, and there's only a few here today, but we have suffered uh, this week. And God has not left us. In fact, it is the hope that we have knowing Christ. In fact, these moments remind us of the hope in Jesus Christ, that death itself was swallowed up. It said that Jesus came and he removed the curse of sin and death. It's gone. It's finished. And that is such a hope for a believer. In fact, what is life without that hope? What is anything? At the end of it all, what does it matter? What does it mean? What are your accomplishments? What have you gained without the hope of Jesus Christ, without eternity on the other side? It all just vanishes away. It's all castles in the sand at the end of the day. No matter what you've built, no matter what your kingdom looks like here, it's gone. But we thank Jesus that he paid a price so that it's not just here, so that the temporary is not just it. It's not it. This place is not it. This is not it. It says in the book of James that life is a vapor. It is a wisp of air. In fact, you can't see a vapor, can you? You can't see the air. It is so quick. It is so small in the scheme of eternity. You can't even see it. If you were even able to look back, there is no such thing as time in eternity. Eternity is eternity. There is no such thing as time. But if you could possibly understand time outside of time, in one billion years, 100 years is going to look very, very small. But that's only because uh, we're trying to compute it in our human minds. There is no time. So now look outside of time at time. And it is so quick. It is so small. He described it as a vapor because how do you describe it? And that is such an encouragement to us as Christians that we have such hope that when we know Christ, that when he is in our hearts, 
we know that this is not it. And then it does a second thing. It's not just eternity that we have as a hope. Isn't that amazing, believers? Isn't that amazing that we have eternity as our hope? But there's a second thing that happens. There's a sobering that happens inside of us and says, okay, if it's all about eternity and I'm still here, then what am I here for? And your perspective on this life changes. And as I was saying to TJ, I was just talking with him beforehand and I said that if you give to yourself, when you leave, you can't take you, you can't take anything with you. If you've given everything you had to yourself, then there's nothing left. But if you gave of your life, if you gave into the next generation and generations, if you gave of yourself to others rather than yourself, the amazing thing, isn't God good? Even in the the worst moments, you can see his goodness that you don't actually die. But now, as my grandfather passed away last night, he is looking down from heaven and seeing children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren because of one man. And a good family, a good family. I thank God that we didn't have, and if you've been there, then that is in no way judgment, but he, we haven't had a lot of the, the chaos that you can, you can get in this world. He didn't just leave a, a, a big family, but he left a good family, good children that then raised more good children. None of us are good. We all need Jesus. <laughs> we all need Jesus. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I didn't, their family's not overwhelmed with drugs. Didn't have a lot of affairs. It's not babies everywhere. It's a good family. And I just saw that, you know, God is good, that only in his kingdom and only in his perspective, only from his perspective, you can actually look and see that even in death, there's good. That, that he has, he paid a price with his life. That he lived, he came through the Great Depression. Came through the Great Depression when, uh, I mean, talk about one of the worst times in American history to come through it and still, I mean, provide for your family, find a, make a way to find a way. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that such a picture of what Jesus did for himself? He laid down his own life for us. And that uh, when, when we know Christ, when we have hope in him, that not only do we have eternity to look forward, but we can actually give in this life what carries on. And it can keep carrying on and keep multiplying. And that's just amazing. It's an amazing gift. Amazing hope that we have in Christ, isn't it, church? Even though it is a hard moment, there's sorrow on this side, there's joy on the other. Those that we've lost this week are rejoicing. They know Christ, and that's amazing. They are rejoicing with Jesus today, and that's incredible. Just wanted to share with you for a little while, and I'm just going to kind of go off of what we've been speaking about. And um, we took a little bit of a break for Christmas, and then Jeannie spoke last week. But I just wanted to continue just for a little bit today on what I had been speaking about. And it's just about us being the church, about being God's body, being God's family, and us coming together. And God was unifying us and connecting us. And what I felt like we needed to come into 2018, 2018 doing was praying. 
And now I see that maybe we were not praying for no reason. I don't know if that was phonetically correct. Not praying for no reason. I think that that was right, though. That we were praying for a reason. The Lord really put on our hearts to, uh, to fast from January 1st to January 21st. And we're all fasting in different ways. But the Lord put upon our hearts to be fasting and praying in this season. And just to really welcome in this new year. We just want God. Aren't we all on the same page? We just want God. We're so thankful for what he did, as I just said for the first few minutes. We're so thankful for what he did. But on the other side of that, we want our lives to count. We don't want to waste our time. And it's so easy to waste your time, isn't it? But we want to live for him. It's very, very easy to waste, but it's hard to make the moments count. So you have to be focused. You have to be diligent. You have to be vigilant. And with the Lord at your side, with the Holy Spirit with you, there is no waste. There's no such thing as waste. And so we felt called to pray and to believe for God to touch our hearts this year, to start 2018 with him at the center, him as the focus. And so there's all different types of fasts going on in this room and those that aren't here. Um, there's, I don't think anybody is doing zero food and zero water for 21 days, but we're doing a variation of things. We're getting rid of our luxuries. That was, I think, across the board, that's the best way to describe it, is we've been neglecting our luxuries, the things that we look forward to, the things our pleasures here on this earth, and we've been pushing those aside. Yeah, those that have been pushing aside your sweets, that's hard. As stupid as that is, if it were crisis time, you know, you do what you got to do, but like, when you've been used to it, then you got to take away that donut, Tony, right? That's hard. <laughs> and um, that's right from the Bible. It's uh, Daniel did that fast. Daniel did that fast where he, he deprived himself of, of his, the treats. And I want to look at that. But before I look at his story, I just, because I felt called to pray, you know, the Bible is literally filled. It is filled from cover to cover of people God's God, right? His position doesn't change. His plan was, was planned before time began. It's a hard thing to get our minds around, but even Jesus, before sin itself, he was with God when the earth was, was made, and Jesus came and redeemed of us of our sin that we committed, and, and get your head spinning. But he knew beforehand. He didn't do it, you know, and let me make them sin, so then I have to redeem them. But he knew we would, and he already had a plan and purpose. He knew we would, so he already had the plan. And God is God. Now, we on the other side, the Bible is him and us. It's God and people. And God is offering constantly, right from Genesis to Revelation, a chance for people to have a life with him. The very, if you boil the Bible down to one basic thing, it's that Jesus loves you and that he wants to know you. That's the Bible. And so when you get into every story and all the intricacies and all the stuff that's going on in wars and famines and crisis and et cetera, it really is all of it, all of it at every step of the way, whether it's good times or bad times, it's one simple thing that Jesus loves you and that he wants to know you. And every single situation is an opportunity every single one to know him more. It doesn't seem that way sometimes. How can I possibly know you better? But it makes us in the hard times get closer to him, just out of necessity. 
But out of the good times, we didn't know we were going to be coming into 2018 with a little bit of crisis. And I'm, I'm so uh, amazed at God, and I love Him so much. And I'm excited that we chose to do it in our good times. We came from 2017, 2017 into 2018. If we said we need to pray and fast today, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But I'm so, I love that God put it on our hearts in, the, in our good time to say, we just want to be serious about God. There wasn't a lot of crisis. Everybody's got a little bit of crisis all the time. But it wasn't a lot of crisis, but we decided let's just seek Him. And I love that that's the word. That's what the Bible says. The Bible tells us, it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. It says to stay alert and be persistent. I want you to say that out loud, church. Be persistent. It says to stay alert and to be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, rejoice in our confident hope, as we just talked about. Jesus is our hope. Eternity is our hope. Everything that we do for him, that goes with you. There's literally buildings. There, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. There are buildings. There are things being built in your name and for you in eternity because of your relationship with Christ. Rejoice in this hope. And then it tells us to... Even though we have that amazing hope, we are still here. Who's still here? Who's still on the earth today? <laughs> We're still here. So it tells us rejoice in our confident hope. We know we have that. Always. No matter what you feel like, no matter what it looks like, you just need to hear that today. No matter what you feel, we have hope in Him. No matter what. But He tells us you're still here on earth, and I understand that. Did you know that God understands God understands as he identifies. That's why Jesus, to just to be fair, for his price to be a fair price, for his blood on the cross to count, he was born a baby. He didn't just, he could have come a man and experienced some man things, but he literally experienced what it means to be a human for everything from being a baby to a teenager to the 20s to his 30s to be what they consider a man came from a baby to a man. He lived it all so that he could identify. He understands what you go through. He understands what it's like to be hungry and to be thirsty, what it's like to be sad, what it's like to be happy. He knows you, and then with that, then he died for you. But he understands us, and he says to be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Or you may know it as a pray always, pray without ceasing, the Bible tells us to keep on praying, good times or bad times. And again, I love that God put it in our hearts that we didn't need a crisis to start to pray, but we sense that we just need to be a praying church, a fasting church. We need to be, if, is he really the center? Is he really the focus? Is he really that name? Is he really what we're after? Is, it, is that it? Is that what this church is about? Is it about Jesus? And we just wanted to make sure. I think we knew that it's about Jesus. But let's just come into this year and just ask him, what do you want for 2018? What do you want from us, Lord? What do you want? And also what it's doing is we're checking our hearts. What's in me that needs to get out? What's not in me that you want to put in? How can I love more? How can I love the world a little less? 
and we're doing all these things. He's checking us, and, and this is happening through our fast and through this time of prayer. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, he told his story to his disciples and how they should always pray and never give up. It says that in Luke 18, 1, that they should always pray. Come on, church, say it out loud. Always pray and never give up. I'd say prayer is probably, as a believer, and I said this some weeks ago, is probably the weakest tool on our belt as Christians. Think we're, I think we think we're praying. Who prays like this? You ready? Here's your hands. You ready? Here's your steering wheel. Oh, wait, why is everybody laughing? <laughs> That's all right. Don't stop. Don't not do that. I'm not telling you to stop. But there are times that he's talking about it's not just while you're driving that you forget and you re- now you remember. It's when you wake up. It's when you're driving. It's when you're at work. It's when you go to sleep. It's when you wake up in the night, etc. Always, always, always praying. It's a relationship. That is the difference between us with Christ Jesus as our Lord and religion. That's the difference. Prayer is your conversation with God. It's, your conver- it's all day, every day. All day, every day. Not just when your hands hit the steering wheel. Forgot this morning, now I need to do this. That's fine, do that. If that's all you did in the day, I'd rather you did that than not. But he tells us, always pray and never give up. He says, there was a judge, he's giving us a metaphor here, and he says, there was a judge in a certain city, and he said, um, this judge, he, neither, he didn't fear God, he didn't care about people. <laughs> he's talking about a judge who doesn't care about God or people, but a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. He's telling us to learn a lesson. He's saying, it's just a metaphor. I'm talking in worldly terms. In the world, this judge does not care about you. He could care less about you and he doesn't care about God. But he says, learn a lesson from that person. He says, from that unjust judge, even he, come on, I want you to say it out loud. Even he, even he rendered a just decision in the end. Wow. Why? Because he said, he said, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him? What's that say? Will he keep putting them off? Now, do you think that God is just? Do you think that God loves us? What he's saying is, in this little metaphor, is that if even a, a judge on the earth who doesn't care about you or God, he doesn't care, but if you annoy him enough, if you're constantly pleading for him to give you what you need, eventually he'll do it just out of his frustration to get you out of his hair. He's not saying that God is frustrated with us, but he's saying take that same tenacity that you would here on the earth, that same tenacity and come to God like that. Because now we've got a just judge who cares about us. And if even the unjust would, how quickly, how much quicker and how much uh, greater will God answer us? He said, when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? 
He warns us, and actually this has been preached many, many, many times in my lifetime. It says, will he really find faith on the earth when he returns? And the point is, Jesus tells this parable, this metaphor, and then he actually cautions us. This has been preached, I've heard it so many different ways, but what these words actually mean is that when he comes, he, he won't find much. It cautions us, we need to be a praying people. He's telling us always. He said, he started it out by saying, he's talking to his disciples, telling them, this is the, the as a believer, you should be always, always, always coming before me. Always. Now, as, I, as today is, today is, an obvious day to be in prayer. Who has said this before? I'll be praying for you, or I'll pray for you. Even the world says that. You're in my prayers when we're in tough times. But there are tough times for somebody else that you don't even know about all the time. There's always a tough time for somebody. We should just always be just searching God's heart out, always searching his heart out. Lord, who is there? Who is there for me to pray for? If you say that prayer in the morning, I guarantee you that somebody will pop in your heart. Somebody will come to your heart and you'll just start praying for them. And then, amazing God as he is, then you run into that person the very next day. Who's done that? Who's had the Lord touch your heart? You prayed for them. And the very next day you run into that person and you just see that God was in it. That we need to be a praying people. That that person needed you. They needed those prayers. And he gives us another parable. He said in Luke chapter 11, verse 5, he's talking about prayer and he uses story. And he said, suppose you went to a friend's house. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. You went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. <laughs> I love Jesus's stories. People say, tell me that the Bible is irrelevant, that it, they don't understand it. This is like just normal stuff right here. <laughs> he just talks normal. He talks straight. I love Jesus, and I love his, his parables. I love his metaphors. And he said, he says, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. <laughs> Verse 8, but I tell you this, though. He won't do it for friendship's sake, if he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, this is the modern text, we don't knock anymore, we just text, I'm in your driveway, <laughs> we don't even knock anymore, <laughs> I'm here, who texts like that, I'm here, here, it just says here, <laughs> doesn't even say I'm here, why waste the, te why waste the text, here. I should just say H. Everybody knows what it means. But it says, keep on seeking. It says, if you keep knocking long enough, verse 8, he will get up and give you whatever you need. I want you to say that out loud. Whatever I need. Say it again. Whatever I need. You know, Jesus didn't waste his breath. He had 33 years here, and he made every moment count. If Jesus felt it was necessary to share this story, then I'm going to count it as important. I'm going to read this and say, Lord, okay. I'm not going to just say, yeah, okay, he said this and that. Okay, you said this to me. You said this to us. It's been preserved in all this time, and it's for us to hear today. 
that you mean it when you said this, and I'm listening. He's telling us. He says, verse 9, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He said, if your father, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people, (laughs) I love Jesus. He said, if you sinful people, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for Him? The Lord loves you so much, and He's just waiting. I had this line from the Lord, just gave this to me in December, and I just, I saw the Father waiting to answer prayers. And I just had this this revelation of how many prayers are unanswered only because they were never prayed. How many prayers are unanswered only because they were never prayed? God is looking to answer your prayers. He's looking to have a relationship with you. He's looking to, to be there for you and to be there for those around you. I've said it many times, <laughs> Jeannie <laughs> was just, we were just laughing about this the other day. I don't know why he chose us, but he did. He chose to, to have, I mean, I love that he chose us and loves us, but chose to work through us. Why did he choose so that when we pray, somebody else's life can be affected by our prayers? But I love that he did. And it's, and it's such a gift from him. Just as he said, the world even the world, those that they love, when someone asks them for something, they're going to give them what they ask for. I'm the Father. I love you more than the world could ever love you. Ask me. And when we ask Him for our brothers and sisters, for things in their lives, the Lord is quick. We may not, it may not look like it on this, in this world, in the scheme of time. Remember, again, He's outside of time, but He's quick to answer. In fact, for the remainder of the time, I want you to look at a story. It's in the book of Daniel. And I want you to say it out loud. The Lord's quick to answer. He's quick to answer. We just, we're outside, we're in time. He's outside of time. There's no delay in him. God doesn't delay. He's always, there's an old saying in church. He's always, he's always on time all the time. I don't know if that's right, but something like that. He's on time all the time. But it says in the book of Daniel, uh, chapter nine, just want to quickly read, um, Nine, and then I want you to look at 10 as well. But in chapter 9, verse 1, Daniel was in, in Babylon. And actually, in, in, in verse 1, he's here. In verse 2, I just want to speed through this. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. Remember, Daniel was in captivity. He's in Babylon during this time of captivity, and he finds the word of the Lord. He finds that, hey, we're here because we put ourselves here. And, and that breaks his heart. 
And he says, so I turn to the Lord. I want you to say that out loud today. I turn to the Lord. Sometimes you find, hey, I'm in this position because I put myself here or life put me here or whatever. It doesn't really matter what puts you there. But sometimes you, get the, you understand. And then what do you do? What's the first response? To cry about it or to go to God and say, Lord? There's probably some crying at the same time. <laughs> but you say, Lord, Lord, I turn to the Lord. And that's our answer every time. Every single time. Whether it's good or bad, turn to the Lord. Thank Him for the good things that you're fully aware of. And when it's a hard time, you turn to Him and say, I don't know how this is good, but I know that you love me, that you care for me. You said you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. So somehow, you're going to make something good out of this. And so He turns to the Lord and He pleads with Him in prayer. I want you to say that out loud. He pleaded with Him. He pleaded with him in prayer. Well, this, is, this Daniel was written thousands of years before Jesus spoke in the New Testament, and it's the same thing Jesus tells us to do, Daniel was doing already, that he was pleading with him in prayer, and here's that word we do not like. It's a swear word in the Bible. Here's the F word of the Bible, fasting. <laughs> That's the real F word. <laughs> Fasting. It's hard, but it, it's God. God's made it. God responds to it. I didn't write the Bible. I didn't choose the story. I just live by it. And if I could get, do away with fasting, I would. I don't particularly enjoy the process, but I love the results. Well, there's one to write down. <laughs> I don't love the process, but I love the results. And he said, I turned to the Lord, I pleaded with him, I'm in prayer, and I'm in fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. We don't do that New Testament, but they did. That was really, really fasting, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> that would look really odd today, too. What he said, I prayed to the Lord my God, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God. Verse 20, it says, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people. See, it wasn't just for himself. He was also very aware. And that's what I talked about in December. I don't want to re-preach that. But he was aware of the, his people, the people that he was surrounded by. He was aware of the world around him. It wasn't just him. He said, I was aware of my sin and the sin of my people. And he pleaded with the Lord on behalf of not just himself, but everyone. And it says that as I went on praying and confessing my sin and pleading with the Lord, it says, as I was praying, verse 21, Gabriel, whom I had seen in an earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. In verse 22, he explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. Verse 23, I want you to read this verse out loud. I want you to read this word, the. What's that say? The moment you began praying. Wow. The moment you began praying. A command was given. I love that. A command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. The moment he began to pray and plead before the Lord doesn't tell us the time frame in this particular passage, but he began to pray and plead with God, and the moment he prayed, God had a command sent out for him and sent out for the people. And it says, 
quickly, I want to go into Daniel chapter 10. He has another occurrence very similar to this one. And this, and this one, it says, in the third year, verse one, of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel uh, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in future times of war and great hardship. And I think this is interesting because part of coming out of 2017 into 2018 is we can just, as believers, we can kind of see the, the, even though we're at times of peace, we could see that turmoil could happen in a moment and we're not fearful. I'm not fearful and neither is this church. We're not afraid because we're trusting in God. But moments can change just as this week has shown us. Moments, it can change in a moment, in a day, just like that. The day has changed your life. And so we just look forward. We're aware that at some point, the book of Revelation was penned 2,000 years ago. And so we're 2,000 years overdue. (laughs) It's coming. It's only sooner than later that things will change in our world. If Paul was believing God that Jesus was coming any moment, you know that Paul believed that? That Jesus was returning any moment. Well, Paul wrote that 2,000, he's told us that 2,000 years ago. So we should be even more aware of the times. And if you're not aware, I'm not saying to, to be in fear, and we're not. Still went on vacation this summer. We still lived our lives, still had Christmas, but we are aware that things are still in the undercurrent. We have an enemy. He doesn't like you because you love Jesus. It's very simple. Really is nothing personal to you. He just doesn't like God. And when we identify ourselves with God, we were made in his image. Unfortunately, that hatred has come on to humanity from his hatred towards God. And because of that, darkness and light are at war. Eventually, that war will get into every facet. The entire world will see it. The entire world. We're seeing it around the world. You just may, maybe we're not aware. But we're going to see it in the entire world. And so, well, I think we're aware of that as believers in our times. When I was a kid, it was Jesus is going to come back in 20 years or so. Well, I'm not 20. <laughs> so, we're overdue. But I mean, whatever. It might be, I might be generations and generations but I'm not going to not, I'm just not going to not pray because I think it's because I think it's not going to happen. I'm just going to be praying and believing and fasting anyway. And then if good times come, then, then that's amazing. Then I prayed and fasted for generations ahead of me because Daniel, actually, that's exactly what happened. He starts praying and fasting and they're not released in his lifetime. He actually prays ahead of him. It says that he, in verse 1, was un, he understood these things, but in verse 2, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, here's his fast, you ready? I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. In verse 11, and the man, an angel sent by God with a message, right? An angel came to him and said to me, Daniel, here we go again. He says the same line to him. You are very precious to God. That's why I can't say it enough that Jesus loves you. God loves you so much. He is literally waiting for your prayers. God is, he is so big. He created the universe, created the earth. And then we're tiny in the scale of the universe. We're not even measurable by If you were to use the universe as our scale, we're not even measurable. And yet the Bible says that he cares for each one of us. He even has numbered the hairs on your head. 
We are very precious to God. He said, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. That's a common occurrence when God sends an angel. He'd be standing up trembling. And he stood up trembling and he said, then he said to me, don't be afraid. Daniel, I want you to see this. He says the same thing that happened here in chapter nine. He said, since the first day, everybody say it out loud, the first day. Since the first day, he had fasted for 21 days. He fasted for 21 days, but since the first day, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, that's what our fast is, just humbling yourself. Just saying, I'm not so reliant upon, and our fast is really easy, to be honest. We're still fasting, but this is very easy. He didn't make us no food and no water. Jesus fasted no food, no water for 40 days. He gave us an easy one, but it's a humbling moment just to say, I'm not reliant upon the pleasures of this world. I care about God more than anything. And when we do that, it says, since the first day you did that, the very first day you humbled yourself and you began to seek me, Daniel, it said, your requests have been heard in heaven. Wow. Your request was heard in heaven. Jesus tells us in the New Testament just to, to knock because the, the world, if you annoy the world, they're going to respond. And here we see what Jesus was saying is that God is instant. The world is just showing you the tenacity, the seriousness. But as we look at the stories, when you see the actual real life application of our prayers, they're instant. Instantly, I've come to answer your prayer. And it says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. There are so many things in the unseen world. He's talking about a spiritual war that was going on. Daniel's prayers, they made it to God instantly. And an answer was, was lifted off of God's throne and coming towards Daniel instantaneously. But in the spiritual world, and this is why, what did Jesus tell us to do? Did he say to pray once? And he said to pray on your way to work. He said to pray always and to keep praying. Why? Why? The very first day you prayed, God moved. Did you know that the very moment you say yes to Jesus, he comes into your heart? What happens the very next moment? The devil, who you used to be best friends with, he's throwing a pity party. He's yelling at your door saying, come out and play with me again, doesn't he? The very next moment. Did what happened with Jesus, is that irrelevant or is that disregard? That's still just as real in this next moment as it was a moment ago. And yet, we have to be serious about it, tenacious about it, because what happens? How many believers have you known that said yes to Jesus Christ and unfortunately, they're gone? They go back. Because there's a, a seriousness, a tenacity. There's a, there's a work involved it's not really work. I, uh, the Lord gave it to me this way. He said, said, he did it. He made the way. And all we have to do is just walk with him. But if we don't, the enemy is, he is instantaneously, we know that from the sower, right, of the seed. As soon as that seed, as soon as you pray for somebody, doesn't mean that your prayer was unheard when it doesn't happen the way we want it to. 
it says that it hits God's ears immediately and God's got an answer. But there is a spiritual war and that's why we must keep praying. We must keep fasting because the moment you let your guard down, it's not fair. He fights below the belt. Okay, he's not my friend. I don't like the way he fights, but your enemy will try to hit you immediately. Who has had an amazing prayer time with God? Ready? Ready, believer? You've had a great time with the Lord. And we're all smiling already because you know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. And you come out of your prayer closet, ready to take on the world. <laughs> and you are instantaneously bombarded with chaos. And now you could go, well, wait a second. What about all my praying? Is that, a, is that gone? No. Thank God you just prayed, first of all. But second of all, when you get through this chaos, your prayers are ahead of you. And pray again. Come on, say it out loud. That means I need to pray again. And then pray again. And just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. That's what Jesus told us. The world would do it. If you were really hungry, who's going to stop knocking? Tony. <laughs> I read an article. I read an article that I read, you know, the, you know, the post. Remember the post? They used to have them back in the 30s, 40s, 50s. The big magazine. I have some collectors editions, uh, and I read an article that said, way back, it was during the Cold War, and it said that society would shut down in three days. That, they wrote that in the 50s in the Post. In three days, if their food or water, three days, this nation would shut down. That was a prediction back then. You take away somebody's food, you take away what they need, and people will, it's sad, it's awful, but they will kill to get it. Though they trampled a lady at a Walmart for Christmas presents two years ago. Anyway, what Jesus is telling us is the world, when you want something, when you need something, you're going to go get it, whatever it takes. That type of tenacity. You need, he's telling us actually as a warning. If you don't have that type of tenacity, the enemy's got that tenacity, He's got all the, he lives even though he will, he is going to be thrown into darkness for all eternity. He will be thrown and his whole kingdom will be overthrown. In the time we live now, he's outside of time. He's smarter than you without Christ. He's got all the time in the world and he'll just keep coming, keep hammering, keep hammering. Well, we have this amazing gift of Jesus Christ on our side who the enemy cannot touch and that every knee will bow and every tongue confess at that name. And that means that when the enemy comes, we speak the name of Jesus. We get on our knees again and we pray. We take up a fast and we say, Lord, I thank you. And then he, don't think he's not gonna come again. That is the biggest surprise for believers. And that's, that's what we need to go home with. He will come immediately, the Bible says. It says that he comes immediately to steal the word. Even the word, this, you know what today is? Today, this is the Lord's word into your heart. And when you leave here, the enemy will try to steal it away. He'll try to either tell you how that was whatever, or just get you distracted or whatever. He does that. But we are not, are we? We are a tenacious bunch. We are praying and fasting and believing because it says for 21 days, it says in verse 13, he blocked my way. 
this is real. This is just as real today. It's the Bible. I didn't write this, and I don't, it's not folklore. It's the Bible. You either believe it from cover to cover or don't believe it at all. You might as well write your own. If you don't believe it word for word, just write your own religion. But it says that Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. That's what's going on behind the scenes. So Daniel's fast, even though it was instantaneously answered on the first day, took 21 days because he just had to keep praying it in, even though the answer was already on its way. I just want us to, let's just stand. We just need to be thankful for what God has already done for us. We all have things in our hearts. We all have things that we, that we want to see God do in our lives, either in us personally, in our families, our extended families, in our friends, in our workplace, etc., or even across the world. There are things that we, God's been making aware of us, aware to us that are issues in us or issues in the world that we as believers have so much power in the name of Jesus to pray and to fast. And we can see through these stories that instantaneously God moves and the enemy cannot stop it. But what we need to do is just keep Pray, keep believing, keep being tenacious. Amen? Lord, we thank you. We give you glory today because you're good to us always. And I thank you, Lord. I pray that when it doesn't seem good, that, Lord, you would bring revelation, Lord, of how you're even working something wonderful, Lord, through something awful. We thank you, God, that you are always moving and always doing, always listening. You are instantaneously opening the doors to us as we knock. And I thank you, Lord, that the enemy cannot touch us. That's what your word tells us, that that name of Jesus is not just a name. It's because there was a man. There was a son. He was sent and he died and took our place. And that blood is so powerful that at his name, I thank you, Lord, as we seal our prayers in the name of Jesus. We seal our prayers and we begin to seek you. I thank you, God, that you're not only listening and not only is the answer coming, but I thank you, Lord, the enemy cannot hold you up. There's only time for our realm, Lord. We have time, but I thank you, God, that it's only a matter of time, believers. Come on, let's just say that in our hearts. It's only a matter of time. Your answer is coming. The answer you've been believing God for is coming. It's just a matter of time, but it cannot be withheld. The enemy is only so strong. He may be stronger than your physical body, but he's not stronger than God. And I thank you, God, that just a matter of time, the answer is coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.